in my free time, it was not that much, I um, drew or painted a lot. And I guess my passion for art grew with my study, because dentistry is also art. Welcome and willkommen to episode 48 of the Assyrian podcast. My name is Robina and I'm so thrilled to bring you another story from Germany. Have you ever dreamed about something, woke up, started working on it and it turned out exactly how you dreamed? I definitely haven't, but our next guest has. Dr. Mariana Marcos is originally from the city of Ankawa in Iraq and currently resides in Bonn in Germany. She is both a dentist by profession and a painter. And I don't just mean amateur painting. She has serious talent. She considers dentistry and painting to be forms of art. And in this episode, you'll learn about how she entered her profession and how she expresses her passion for her culture through art. One disclaimer. English is neither Mariana nor my first language. It's not even our second language. It's actually our third. And while our vocabulary may not be as expansive, we know doing this in English will allow for more people like you to hear about Mariana. On another important note, episode 50 of the Assyrian podcast is coming up and we love to hear directly from you, our audience. We'd love for you to leave a voicemail or a message telling us your name, location, your favorite episode and why. We'll be randomly selecting messages to air as part of the episode. Also, feel free to email us your thoughts and we can read them out loud. Dial 415-349-3845 and leave us a message or email us at info at assyrianpodcast.com. Lastly, a shout out to Tony Kalagarakis and the Injury Lawyers of Illinois for sponsoring this episode. If you know anyone who has been in a serious accident, please reach out to Tony. He has been recognized as a top 40 lawyer and a rising star by Super Lawyers Publication and has obtained multiple multi-million dollar awards. Tony can be reached at injuryrights.com or 847-982-9516. And now, without further ado, here is Dr. Mariana Marcos. Well, Mariana, thank you so much for coming here and meeting up with me. I'm no, so thank happy you for inviting me. It's I'm so excited to interview you and to tell other people about it, you know, about your artwork and your person, your character. Thank you very much. I'm honored. Well, okay, let's just start with the first question because we have a lot of questions. People are very interested in you. <laughs> You live in Bonn. It's a city in Western Germany. And you live there and you're an artist, right? This is right. I live in Bonn with my family. And uh, we live in Bonn for like 21 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, art is my hobby. When did this passion for art, when did it start or where did it come from? Actually, I don't know. Because I grew up with art. My mom, she was an artist in Iraq. Well, she was a teacher and uh, art was her hobby, but she painted great paintings uh, for that time and she gave it to me. She was my big teacher. So she fulfilled her job, not just professionally, but also at home. Right, yes. <laughs> 
So you said your mom was an arts teacher, but how did you discover your talent? How did you nurture it? I drew a lot when I was three or four years old. Can't remember it, but uh, my family tells me so. And uh, one day I was 17 or 18. And uh, when I was in Iraq and Ankara, I visited my family. And uh, my grandfather, he reminded me that I painted the oldest church in Ankara. I drew it, actually. I didn't paint it. Uh, and it was uh, Margorgis, an old church in Ankara. And I drew it when I was a small child. <laughs> and later, when um, I had the time after my study to paint, I uh, painted this church again. You said, you know, Margorgis, it's an, isn't it an Assyrian Chaldean church? Yes. And is this where you get it from, like from your heritage, from your religion, from where do you get your inspiration? Um, I was always interested in our Assyrian history when uh, I didn't have that much time for painting. Uh, I drew a lot, but my inspiration came from the point when I really saw that hundreds of thousands of people are being killed by ISIS. And the whole world is uh, sitting in, uh, next to their TV and watching the situation and um, nobody is doing something. I was so sad about this. Actually, I paint when I'm angry or sad. <laughs> this is a fact. <laughs> and um, at that time, it was uh, 2014, I started um, drawing more Assyrian pieces. After that, 2015... I drew my, no, I painted my first uh, bigger painting with two lamassos. It was only um, black and white. And um, later, some guy in Canada asked me if I can <laughs> sell him this piece. And uh, not only once, but more than one time. <laughs> and... Uh, so you really wanted that piece, huh? Yes, and um, I wanted to make space for new pieces, so I gave it to him uh, as a present. Nice. I would have been happy to <laughs> give it for like as a present, you know? Maybe you'll get one. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it's so nice to hear that you paint a Syrian art to preserve your heritage. How would you describe your style? Except for like Assyrian motives. Well, um, this is a tough question because I paint the stuff I like. <laughs> I don't uh, really have a style. Um, I'm more fixed into history paintings, I guess. I love it. I love ancient architecture, ancient art. Assyrian history is beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, when you see the um, ar architecture at that time, it's uh, unbelievable that they could... Um, build stuff like that. This is a question from uh, Ninorta. Mm -hmm. Ninorta is one of our co-hosts. Okay. If you greetings to Ninorta. <laughs> uh, shout out to Ninorta. Uh, how long does it take you to complete a piece? Okay, this is again a tough question um, because uh, I don't have a timer. Um, I really I can't tell you because um, I paint when I have free time. And actually, I paint when I'm sad or angry, so I can put that energy into something um, positive. What makes you sad and angry? What is that? Oh, maybe some people. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> 
so instead of shouting at them, you just yes. paint your anger? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, I guess if it's a bigger painting, maybe 20 hours. If it's oil or... I need more time for oil because it has to dry like for weeks. <laughs> I don't know anything about art um, so so you can tell me whatever you want i would just say wow i believe that because i don't <laughs> okay, know okay this is very good <laughs> very easy for me <laughs> um okay what is your favorite personal artwork you are so one of your own pieces which one is the most favorite your most favorite okay <laughs> let me think <laughs> my favorite one is um i guess It's, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like can, them all. Yeah, okay, just describe what you like about them, maybe. No, my favorite one is the um, Lamasso face I painted in that, um, in that, in the red, yellow, orange colors. I know which one you mean. Yeah. It's I, very, like, a lot of people shared it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that, yeah. I like it a lot because it's, it was very spontaneous. And uh, this one was a gift too for a person. <laughs> What? Where's my gift? I want a Lamassa too. It was a beautiful painting. Yeah, it, I... it was very spontaneous. Okay. And uh, I was happy that uh, uh, so many people liked it. But I have to say, um, this is not my goal. My goal is to show a message. There's a message behind the paintings. I really appreciate that you love my paintings. But the main goal is the message. I want that a lot of people see it and the new generation, the new Assyrian generation, the um, children and the teenagers, and maybe they will start painting or doing another form of art because we need more artists to preserve our history and our language. Is this message only for Assyrians? Or is it also for non-Assyrians? Or what message do you want to put to non or give to non-Assyrians? Um, this is not only for Assyrians, but we as Assyrians are in a very special situation. We are between um, two worlds. This is a sad fact. And um, if we don't handle patriotic, we will lose not only our language, but our history, our existence and everything. And... Um, This is the sad point. It is. It is sad. Who's your favorite artist? So, um, I um, don't have actually a favorite artist, but when I was younger, I guess I was 13 or 14, um, I saw a beautiful painting. It was the um, coronation of Napoleon Bonaparte. And the painter was Jacques-Louis David. He's a history painter. And this painting, you have to see it. It's really, really beautiful. And he has other history paintings. I, I don't want to tell you that he's my favorite um, artist or painter. But uh, his art inspires me. And uh, I guess every artist has something special. And this is why I can't tell you which uh, one I love the most. <laughs> okay. You live in Bonn. But you're originally from Ankawa. Yes. I love Ankawa. <laughs> <laughs> I 
en cabeza. <laughs> Frauds en cabeza. Uh, what did you love? What do you love about Ancawa the most? Um, like a favorite spot or something. Yes, it's uh, my favorite spot in Ancawa is uh, Nadi Ashuri. It's beautiful. <laughs> On Thursdays you have live music and uh, great uh, people performing there. This is uh, actually one of my favorite spots. But Ankara is more about the people and they are um, very friendly and you have that hospitality, typical Assyrian hospitality. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're in Ankara, you will love it. <laughs> I hope I will go there soon. Um, why did you leave Ankara? Like you and your family, why did you leave Ankara? Um, because of the political situation. Um, my father couldn't live there. Uh, we didn't have financial problems. We were living a good life in Ankara, but uh, he didn't want to see his children um, growing up in that bad situation with religious persecution and political persecution. So he decided to leave Iraq. And when was that? It was uh, 1995. We went to Jordan. We lived there for one year. And after that, my uh, father, he went to a lot of countries to get to Germany. Our plan was uh, Australia, but we landed in Germany. And when my father, father left Jordan, me and my mom, um, we went back to Iraq and we lived there for one or two years alone and after that my father came and um, picked us up and we went to Germany and okay I'm happy about that <laughs> hey I'm happy too because now you're sitting here we're doing this podcast yes you're right <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to your dad to bring you to Germany yeah. for bringing you here Basima uh, Bob <laughs> shout out to Mariana's dad <laughs> Have you visited Ankawa since, ever since, like since you came to Germany? Yes, of course. I uh, try to visit Ankawa once a year, but in 2018 I didn't have that time, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, yes, a lot of times. A lot of times. Nice. I've I love been. my hometown. Oh. <laughs> I really want to go. <laughs> you have to come with me. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. But here in Germany, you live in Bonn, as we said in the beginning. And for our listeners who don't know about uh, Germany and its cities, Bonn used to be uh, Germany's capital from like for around 50, almost 50 years, yes. I think. Yes, right? yeah. From 1949 up until 91? 90? No, no, it was 1989, I guess, or 1990. Yeah. Something like, like that. Okay, yeah, like for a long time, Bonn was the capital of Germany. Shame but on us. <laughs> we don't know this fact. <laughs> Let's Google it later. We don't know. We're not, we're not sure. But yeah, and it's in Western Germany. So, uh, Mariana, you live there. What do you like about Bonn? Um, Bonn is a beautiful city with a river, <laughs> with the river Rhine. And uh, it's not that extreme big city like Cologne. Um, it's a beautiful city to live in. You have nice people there. 
and nice pot spots with uh, beautiful restaurants and uh, cafes and things like that. Um, we have a lot of mountains, not a lot, but <laughs> yeah, we have some mountains and uh, the atmosphere is beautiful. What are the um, typical touristic spots in Bonn? Where would you take us? When I, would I, if I would come and visit you in Bonn, where okay. would you take me? Um, Bonn is the city of the musician. You <laughs> might know Beethoven. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have that Beethoven house there. It's the birthplace of Beethoven. I would take you there. And uh, near Bonn, there's a um, beautiful mountain with um, kind of... Uh, Uh, dragon rock or something oh, yeah, sorry like for my translation <laughs> <laughs> we're not native speakers we're good but you mean is it yeah. like the the myth yes. it's the Rheingold myth yes right? you're right oh yeah it's a beautiful it's beautiful um, for our listeners it's a beautiful uh, ancient German myth about Siegfried you're right <laughs> who lost the gold in the river Right? I don't know if it's the gold, but um, they're telling us there was a dragon on a mountain and uh, this guy went there and killed the dragon. <laughs> and today we have uh, near this rock a beautiful castle. It's really, really beautiful. You would love it if you visit me in Bonn. I hope so. <laughs> I will put that on my agenda. It's, it sounds really nice. Okay, so you love Bonn apparently, but which one... Do you love more, Ankawa or Bonn? Um, <laughs> tough question. <laughs> I love both of them. Bonn is my hometown in Germany and Ankawa is my hometown in Iraq or Syria. Syria. <laughs> yeah, you're right, it's Syria. And um, I don't know, I can't answer this question. Has it always been your goal? To become an artist growing up in Germany with the influence of your mom when I finished high school I actually wanted to study art but then my parents told me why do you want to study art your grades are so good do something different so I had to pick something that was um, something between art and something else And I love science and art. <laughs> so uh, I decided to study dentistry. And I love dentistry. Wow. And I love being a dentist. <laughs> um, wow. I know that dentistry is a hard course. Like you have to study for years and years. And you have, put, have to put a lot of work into yes. that. Did your um, passion for art, did you still have enough time? To draw and enough time to paint and well, you know, enough time to pursue pursue that talent. Well, the first years during my study, I didn't have that much time, but um, this was very good because um, in my free time it was not that much. I um, drew or painted a lot, and I guess my passion for art grew with my study, mm -hmm. because dentistry is also art. I guess <laughs> I don't know. When I go to the dentist, I don't feel very artsy. <laughs> I just, the only art He sees see, the art, not yeah, you. You know what I see? The pictures they hang up on the wall to make you feel better. <laughs> Maybe you, like, do you paint for your own workplace? Have you done that? Um, no. Have you ever, no, let me reframe the question. 
Was dentistry a passion as much as art? Or was it something more <clears throat> of a secure path that would give you a good career one day? I guess both. And your parents are, of course, happy with that, you know? It's like... Of course. <laughs> either be a law, like be a lawyer, become a lawyer, or become a... Me- a de- what is it? Like a doctor, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Mohami and doctor. Yes. That's the point. But um, I didn't choose dentistry because of that. I love dentistry. Yeah. Um, when I started my first semester, it was like, when I like it, I will um, study more. If not, I will choose something else. And I loved it. I didn't like it. I loved it. But have you ever considered giving up dentistry to become a full-time artist? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, no. I want to keep both. And why? Why? Because um, dentistry is my passion and art is my passion. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> and even if I would uh, win the lottery or something, <laughs> I would still uh, work as a dentist. Let's talk a bit about your art pieces, some of your art pieces. So you talked about the Lamasu, mm-hmm. uh, which was spontaneous. I saw that you um, drew an Assyrian old lady in the... The traditional clothes of Bandeda, yeah. I think. No, no, it? no. A traditional clothes of Ankawa. Of Ankawa, okay. and, of course. <laughs> and there's a book about Ankawa um, by a uh, man, Ankawaya. He's from Ankawa too. And um, he put a lot of years in studying the tradition of Ankawaya. And he asked a lot of old people um, how the traditions of Ankawaya are. And wrote this book it's really really big book we have it at home and before i started to paint this i had to read the book <laughs> and see a lot of old pictures of uh, of old ladies from ankawa um, and how they dressed at that time and then i started painting but uh, the painting itself it um wasn't my um, actual idea. Nina Plamaso um, once asked me if I uh, would be part of his uh, magazine and he uh, sent me a video of a man playing oud, you know, mm-hmm. oud like yeah. guitar. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, didn't know what the topic of this um, music was and I had to paint this what I see. So I heard the music, oh. and in my head there was this lady, uh, old okay. days in Ankawa, and then I started painting it. Wow, okay. It sounds nice. And later, poet. 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 Yeah. Poetry? No, a poet. Dishta, what's that? Poet. poet. Yeah, yeah. A poet, he <laughs> yeah. uh, get that painting, and he had to uh, write a poem about it. And so all of these were connected, ah. and the... A poem of that poet went to a singer and she sang, uh, sang, sang that. Yeah. <laughs> sang. Können wir das nochmal machen? <laughs> so, <laughs> just start again. Okay, again. From the beginning? No, no, just mach einfach weiter. Okay. So, okay, the, so you painted it and then it came to the uh, poet. Yeah. The poet wrote poetry. Yeah. And that poetry uh, was sent to a singer. Yeah. And she created a whole song or... No, just the poem. She um. Oh, she sang the. She put a melody yeah, to it. Yeah. 
can you can we like what is what's the title of that book or what is the title of that project can we find it somewhere yeah i share this maybe on, you're interested um, on facebook is it on nina plamasso's page maybe or somewhere yeah also on nina plamasso's page oh so we'll just put the maybe we'll share we'll put the link or we'll share it with um, yes the people and when we it's for free and if you like it um we would um you are invited to support uh, the Ashram Banipal Library Project from Ituti Institute. Oh, yeah. Um, so if you like it, maybe... Donate a little something. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. There was this other artwork I saw that you drew very recently. Uh, you, you call it King of Assyria. Yes. Who is the King of Assyria? Or who was that in the painting? Um, it was inspired by Ashurbanipal. If you Google Ashurbanipal, you will get that old ancient stuff. But I didn't want to paint only um, a painting about Ashurbanipal. I wanted to paint a king representing Assyria. And um, he has in his... Uh, right hand a piece of uh, writing to show that he's interested in knowledge and in science and um, in uh, the other hand in his left hand he has that line the line cup right yeah like yeah. a baby lion yeah yeah this is a form of um, that he's mighty person holding that line oh. and this mm. is for me Assyria Knowledge and power? Yeah. Do we still have that, in your opinion? Yes, we have that, but we don't know how to use it. We have a lot of energy flowing into wrong topics. <laughs> I guess, but then there are people like you that use this power for the good cause, you know, to spread the word, to spread art and preserve Preserve yes, uh, we are a culture. brilliant nation. If you see uh, how many academics we have and how many um, people with um, with talents, but a lot of them, they don't use it. This is the problem. How do you think we could get them to use their talents more? We need more organizations. And um, I guess this is a topic that the parents should focus more on. Because um, a lot of parents, I see that, they're not interested in teaching their children about our history and our language. Mm -hmm. And I see that here in Germany, um, they always start speaking German to their um, children. This is okay, this is good, but... Those children, they will learn the German language in school. Mm. And uh, the Assyrian language, they won't learn at school, right? True, yes. Yeah. And then the Assyrian children, they will feel bad or sad, I guess, when they grow up and they don't know the language and they're interested in it. Yes, this was my situation here in Germany. Oh, was it? Yep, definitely. Because when um, I was younger... I couldn't speak German. We came here as refugees. And um, they asked me, um, where are you from? And I told them, from Iraq. Oh, so you're Arab or you're uh, Kurdish? No, 
we are Christians. Okay, what are you? What is this? Mm. And are you speaking Arabic? And um, the answer was always no, but I couldn't tell them Assyrian because I didn't know that the translation of Surah is Assyrian. Mm. This was my main problem in the first years here in Germany. And later, when I could tell them that it's Assyrian, they asked me if I can read or write my language. And I couldn't do that. And it was really, really hard for me to learn it. And I'm happy that I could and um, start learning your language. This is the only way we can live. That's right. If you already know how to speak it, teach it to others. And if you don't know, look for someone who will teach you, right? Yep. But we we have the possibilities. We have chances to do that. We just have to take them and make the best out of it. There could be more organizations... But there are not so many people that have that energy to do it. I don't know why. I, I see it every time when I'm in church and they ask if uh, someone is a volunteer for teaching the children about the Bible, as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one wants to do, do this. I don't know why. Because um, I guess they just want to be at home. And I'm safe. I live here my life in Germany or in the USA or somewhere else. And um, they don't know what this small piece of not working for our community will do. Yeah, what will... Effect, you mean what effect it will have yeah. in the future? Yeah. Yeah. There is this other artwork of yours. I'm sorry, I just want to talk about all your art pieces. No because problem. Because I love them. Every time I see them, I'm like... <laughs> Thank you very just... much. Uh, there's this artwork where you drew the Tower of uh, Bab- Babylon. Babel? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. What was that about? So how did that idea come to you? And what did what was the message behind it? Um, well, my dad asked me always if I could paint him a painting about Babylon. <laughs> and um, you mean the big one? Because yeah. Because I've also a small one but no. you mean the big one I think I mean the big one <clears throat> yeah and the blue and gray colors yes yeah yeah yes um this was for my dad and um this actually exists in that form and I repainted it and I want to do something big for my dad <laughs> this was also a gift <laughs> all my paintings are gifts <laughs> It's nice. So your dad requested it and then you're just like, yeah, dad, I would do this for you. Totally. (laughs) Okay, I have another question. Is there something, like a a, a motive or a symbol that you want to paint but you haven't tried yet because you feel like you're not ready or you're Yes, I want to paint the goddess Ishtar in a newer form, but I'm not inspired now. (laughs) I don't know if it will come. Really, I have to tell you something. Most of my paintings, like uh, the first time I painted Ashur Banipal in that black and white colors, this was one of my first big Assyrian paintings. I um, dreamed of it. I saw him in my dream. And when I woke up, I started painting this. I don't know why. I guess that's art. You don't, you yes. don't have to have reasons for art. That's right. It just comes to you. And um, how, like, um, oh yeah, you said you wanted to paint it in a more modern way. Like, what is modern for you? 
What would you think? Or what, yeah, how would she look like? Um, I want to paint her very colorful. She was the goddess of love, <laughs> maybe form of love. We don't know how the Babylonians and Assyrians saw her. And um, yeah, a lot of colors. We always put the question at the end of the interview or the, mm -hmm. the podcast. If there is one thing you would say to all the Assyrians and all, all non-Assyrians and Assyrians, to all the people that listen to this podcast, what would that be? Okay, I have something to say. As you can see in my art, I don't differ between Babylon and Assyria, Nineveh or something else. I want to see unity between of us, Huyada. This is my main message. We all speak the same language. We come from the same earth. And why should, should be there something that is separating us? I can't understand it. There are people telling me sometimes, oh, you're not Assyrian. Why do you hashtag Assyria? Why do you hashtag Assyrians? And then I ask them if we are different nations. And then they tell me no. So I, don't, I, I can't understand these questions. And actually, I don't want to hear them. Um, this is something negative for me. And I'm a very positive human being. And if we would see more positivities in our nation, we wouldn't have that problems. Mm. So I hope that one day this unity will come. Maybe we won't see that. Maybe our kids will see that. Maybe. I hope so. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Serum Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and review us wherever you listen to us. You can also help us by spreading the word about the Assyrian podcast to your family and friends. And remember, dial 415-349-3845 and leave us a message or email us at info at assyrianpodcast.com with your name, location, your favorite episode and why. Thanks and see you all next week.